the DC experiment. Welcome back to the DC experiment. My name is Dennis. And this is Caleb. And we're going to do a special interview today. So we're going to get right to it. This is a little bit of a long episode, right? Yeah, like the whole interview lasted an hour and six minutes. Yeah, which is longer than we've been trying to do on our episodes. So we're going to keep it that length, and it's just going to be what it is. So we're going to get right into it. But it was really good. Oh, absolutely. Tim, is he's an amazing dude. He's a motivational speaker, talker. He does, he does those things. He's, did he write a book? He's reading books. He talked about books he's read. I uh, just got a really lot of great things to say. Yeah, and I've talked with him a couple times now, and uh, the one thing that I take away every time I talk with Tim is he's got a, a incredible heart. He's yeah, just he's got a heart, and he really wants to see people uh, get better. Yeah, and do better. Absolutely. Uh, so let's listen uh, to, to a word from our sponsors yeah, first, quick one, and then we'll get right into the interview. Awesome. Thanks, Tim, for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, our previous conversation that we had offline uh, prior to today was was awesome. So I'm really looking forward to today. I know it's going to be good. I know. I was super uh, humbled that uh, Franny, like I was telling us, Franny hooked us up. Shout out to Franny, you know, and Shine with yes. Franny. Um, hooking, uh, yeah, hooking cool people up. Dennis is with us on Zoom. Tim is with us on Zoom. And uh, so here, here we go. I, first of all, Tim, I want to ask you, because uh, you and I were talking earlier about uh, your past a little bit and your life, and uh, yeah. you just started doing this podcast, and what's the name of your podcast, Tim? The Inspired Way. The Inspired Way, which I love. Yeah. And you just started this podcast back in June, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I launched it in June. It's been uh, one of those... <laughs> I'm one of those... Just, I'm put an asterisk by my podcast name now, I guess, because uh, I'm one of those ones who started in the COVID crud uh, era, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this is something that's been birthed in me. Uh, you know, I've just been carrying this baby al along for a long time now, for a couple of years at least, uh, and so finally gave birth to it. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I want to talk about because I think uh, you've got an awesome story. So share your your background and what eventually led into you wanting to inspire or help inspire other men to kind of show up and do their best. You know, we're going to insert our little logo into your thing, but yeah, tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, man. No, that's it. That's exactly it. It's just uh, <laughs> inspiring others to, to live out their best. And for me, um, I'll just go back uh, quite a ways. I grew up in the upstate of South Carolina near Clemson University. I say near, um, it was literally in my backyard. And uh, so if you're any Clemson Tiger fans out there, go Tigers. And, uh, but uh, lived uh, in the upstate, loved it. Um, couldn't imagine really living anywhere else, but gotten the opportunity to move out west. And gosh, that was uh, 1992. I moved to Northern California, was there for a little while, moved to um, Portland, April of 93. I'd actually met my wife December of 93 in Portland on visiting. I was visiting a church there. And we met, and of course, no email then, no internet um, back in 92. I think it was just a, maybe a, a conception at that point. I don't know. But anyway, so we were still exchanging email, or excuse me, mailing addresses. And uh, April of 93, I ended up moving to Portland. Um, we got married December of 93. 
And, uh, you know, just, yeah, my career, basically, uh, my career was in the civil engineering world. So I started civil engineering when I was in high school doing uh, engineering graphics classes and then did uh, land surveying right out of high school. Went to college for a little while, got drafted to, um, or recruited, drafted, listen to me, talking like I'm a pro or something. Um, <laughs> got recruited to, got recruited to go to Charleston Southern University to run track and cross country, long distance runner. And uh, found myself getting into trouble. I, I grew up in the church. I grew up um, Assemblies of God, Full Gospel Temple uh, kid and uh, knew a lot of the word, knew a lot of what I should and shouldn't do, but um, mm-hmm. still chose to do the shouldn't do's. <laughs> <Right>. And so <laughs> I found myself. Um, hard, what's that? I said, I understand that too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found myself um, really just running from God and. It's it's funny because I was going to Charleston Southern University was actually a, a Christian school at one point still was it just they changed their name to be more palatable for you know the masses and you know not make it like a, a you know I think it was called Baptist College at first and so anyway long story short I knew I was just um, throwing money away while I was there so I elected to leave school went back into the workforce. Uh, went to work for this guy, uh, land surveying again, then moved out to, like I said, moved out to the Pacific Northwest. So started doing the same thing out there and so, just uh, kind of, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Kind of, let me ask you something real quick, just cause I'm yeah. curious, totally curious. You grew up in a, a probably a conservative Christian type home. Yeah. And what was it that caused you to drift away from your faith early on like was it friends influence i'm always curious about that because i've got kids i'm raising kids i'm like man i hope i raise my kids right and i hope they don't you know fall away what caused that in uh for you dude uh that is an amazing question really um i'm not just saying that i i (laughs) i I say that and with trying to not get too emotional behind it because it uh I, i i for me it was it was influences. It was friends. Um, you know, my, my, I feel like my parents taught us well, um, taught us all the right things. However, um, regardless of what we do as parents, um, and I, I say this uh, listeners, um, I am a father of three, mm-hmm. um, father of three adults at this point now. So I've actually, um, trained up my child, my children and the way that they should go. And now I have to stand on the word that that will not depart from them, regardless of how they choose to live their life right now. Yep. And yeah. so the same is true for me. Um, it's funny. I just thought about this as I was speaking. It's like, um, and I, I don't, I'm not like real big on like generational things and, or whatever, but I, I just think about like myself, how I rebelled against the things that I knew. I grew up again in the church very conservative um, background um, here in the South. And, and, and I didn't, I didn't make it a personal thing. I think that was one of number one, it wasn't personal. Mm. Um, It was something that my parents did. It was something that we did as a family. Um, And I knew right and wrong, but I didn't know, I didn't know Jesus as my Lord and savior as a high schooler or as a junior higher. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, went through the motions, got, got baptized, did all that kind of stuff. 
but didn't really personally know it, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, again, now outside influences, high school, um, things like that, you know, my friends are doing, you know, alcohol or doing some different things. And so for me, it was like, oh, hey, it's, uh, it's, I never was like, hey, let's just go along with the crowd. But at the same time, the longer you stick around it, the more it wears on you, mm-hmm. right? And, or, or wears onto you. Um, and, and, it, and you become, you become a product of your environment. I truly believe that. I study a lot of like neuroscience and um, uh, psychology and things like that. And, and uh, you know, epigenetics is another one of those things, right? We become um, epi, you know, this is getting way deep. Sorry. I, I love it. Deep. I love it. This is awesome. deep end. But epigenetics really, epi means above um, and genes, right? So genetics. So above our genetics. And a lot of times people are going to say, oh, it was just the way I am. It's just the way um, I was made. It's the way I was created or whatever. That is being a victim to your circumstances or being a victim to where you currently are, where mm-hmm. epigenetics um, actually says that there's power above your genes. And that is controlled by culture, controlled mm-hmm. by your environment. It's controlled by your thoughts, your thinking, right? So we have control over what we do, um, whether we truly tr- choose to believe that or not. And so I believe that my thinking subconscious and even, you know, conscious mind thinking, um, led me to make some decisions that were outside of what my upbringing was. And I say all that just because, like I said, at the very beginning, and I was, um, and I, I have three kids, um, and I have one out of those three kids. I have one that is, um, sold out following God, um, to their full, to their fullest. Right. Um, the other two, um, love God, but they choose to live the way they choose to live. And as a parent, um, back to you, Caleb, and, 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 you know, you're like, oh, I hope I just raised them well and do. We had to divorce the idea or the thinking that we did wrong, right? And we mm. raised our kids the best that we knew how. So like, um, just to back up a little bit more, fast forward a little bit, I guess it would be, uh, back, back up in the story <laughs> right. is, um, I, I went off the deep end, you know, and I wasn't serving God. So when I moved out to Northern California, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't doing anything. And then I had someone approach me and was like, um, do you read your Bible? And I'm like, this was like out of the blue. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. Why are you asking me if I read my Bible? Right. That's a weird question to ask. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the next question was, um, are you going to a church here locally? And I'm like, who the heck are you? Right. <laughs> and so, but, but, but these, these seeds, right? The, the word will not return void. And so those are those little, um, you know, God-inspired, Holy Spirit-inspired moments where um, it's just sparking that flame back up in me. I wasn't living for God. I was way off course. But those little questions just sparked that flame back. And so what was, you know, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it when he gets old doesn't mean that, um, when he's two years older than when he leaves your home or when he's three years older when, when he leaves his home. There's no age <laughs> limit on that, right? It's yeah, just right, when right. he is older. Um, and so yeah. we as parents have to remind ourselves of that. I have to remind myself of that daily. On top of that, our children, and I'm sorry, I've gone way off the deep end, I'm sure. I, I but, love this. This is great, though. I love what you're saying. Th- but our children have their own, bo- they are a body. Great, 
Yeah, they are a body, they are a soul, and they are a spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Just because they have our DNA doesn't mean that they think and act and, and choose the same things that we choose and do. Their mind, and this is, yeah. I'm big on the soul, big on the soul. This whole year, man, like the soul has been um, just on me strongly. And I'm about to release a, a, a course or a challenge that I'm doing that will lead into a course into my retreats, which we'll talk more about later. Um, and it's really just soul training 101 because I believe a lot of the issues that we fall, our, fall into is because we have weak souls. Our spirit, we're, we're praying, we're doing our things as believers, as Christian, right? These are Christian, uh, I assume majority of your listeners are, are believers or Christians. And so um, it's... You know, we pray and we read our Bible. We do the things that we know we Christianese are supposed to do, but yet we fail to work on the soul. And that is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And a weak mind will have weak emotions and a weak will. And so as I look at my kids and I can't judge them, right? Uh, they, they are making their own choices, their own decisions. And I look at it and I go, it's their soul. It's their environment, Right. And so all we can do as parents is to continue to, again, not judge them. I read a book, and um, if, you're, um, if you feel like you're a very mature Christian and you can read some books that are kind of like out there a little bit, um, then I'll, I'll mention the name of the book. But I, I just warn you just because I say it because they wrote the book um, for the masses, if you know what I mean. So the universe, spirit, and all this other stuff right out there. Um, and not necessarily speaking to the creator of the universe or the Holy Spirit of this, all spirits, right? Um, but there is some God mixed into the book. And I, so I, I read the book called Judgment Detox. And it was all about how we as a society, we as individuals, we as human beings have a problem and it's human nature that we judge, right? Think about it. You come across someone, you judge, you see them, you judge the way they're walking. You judge what they're wearing. You judge, like you go into a meeting, you're constantly judging like, okay, what mood are they in? What are they doing? What's this up? You know, when we, so we, yeah, it's almost the, spread it, into the DNA like that. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, the antidote though, and I'm getting to a point here, the antidote to that is love. Judgment and love cannot coexist together. And so where you find judgment, we have to look at that and we go, okay, how can I love that person or that individual? What can I love? And so filtering things through love, like our children, we love them to death, but, you know, we, uh, but we still make judgments towards them and what they're doing and their actions and things like that. You know, does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. So, and I love that because yeah. uh, not only are you the love casts out judgment, but also perfect love casts out all fear. And so exactly. when we're worrying about our children and worrying <laughs> about what we need to do, if we, if we surrender over to that, they belong to God and yeah. that uh, we have faith in that, it should cast out all fear in us that, hey, God's got this. There, you know, that's what that perfect love comes from. And that's why, you know, having faith is so important because uh, the things that I'm learning is you've got to be the example of what you want to see. And then you got to kind of surrender and let go and just let them, you know. And so be example like here, here, children, look at me. I'm going to try and lead you and be an example. And I'm going to mess up and make mistakes along the way. But I'm going to do my best. 
And then after a certain point, they like you said, they've got to make it their own and, and they've got to have their own uh, path that they choose with yeah. God, you know? So I, I love that. So let me, um, before we move on, um, I want to um, just, you said, man, you got me all fired up. You saw me hit my fist. Um, <laughs> I love it. When you said, when you said um, uh, here's the deal. This is what I heard when you were talking about that, that love drives out all fear is I thought about like the times when my kids were afraid to come and talk to me about something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Think about why we as a, humans, we, we as adults even, right, are afraid to even go talk to our spouse, mm. to go talk to our, our boss or our coworker. Yeah. It's out of fear of what? Judgment. judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But what is, but the antidote to judgment is love and love casts out fear. And so it's, there's this, this crazy loop, right? That's awesome. Um, so I love that. It's just like um, how those two um, come together. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I um, ended up uh, rededicating my life uh, to Christ and um, heck, that would have been 92 um, when I moved out to California. I rededicated my life and then really started following him sold outly. Um, if that's even a word, word, I just made it up sold outly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, from that time on and, and we served in the church for a little over 20 some years. What um, brought there, you to uh, that point, Tim, of uh, rededication? Like what was happening in yeah. your life? That was like, yeah, great question. I've got to no, rededicate. Yeah. So, um, no joke, man. So I was living in this town of like 500 people, right? In Northern California, middle of nowhere. It's all ranch land and farmland. And Can I ask where it is? what's that? That's where it is. I... Yeah, yeah, what's, absolutely. What's so it's an area called Big Valley. The town is called um, Bieber and Lookout. And then there's um, another town called um, Aden near Alturas. So it's probably about an hour, okay. all right, all right. yeah, hour west of Alturas, um, south of Klamath Falls, east of Bernie Falls and uh, Redding, California. You're, you're so, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, middle of nowhere, right, California. Yeah. Right. So oh, yeah. Um, I'm living out there again, a town of 500, 300, and 200. And in this season, <laughs> this particular time of the year, um, it was. Uh, deer season. And so that guy that I mentioned to you who asked me, Hey, you know, have you read your Bible lately? Um, Hey, you got a church you're going to, I was sitting between him and his wife in the truck. They were, I moved out to California. Let me just preface this. I moved out to California to live with my, my new, um, step uncle, I guess you could say it was my, my stepmom's brother. So it'd be a step uncle. Right. Right. So I moved out there to live with him on this ranch. Cause I thought, Oh, Hey, that sounds cool. So I moved from California, excuse South Carolina back out there. And so his whole, their whole family comes up once a year and they go hunting on this 5,000 acres of land. Nice. So they go deer hunting out there. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Uh. And so where I'm riding with them in a truck, I don't know them from Adam and Eve. Because mm-hmm. his wife was sitting next to me. So anyway, so I'm between Adam and Eve. And <laughs> they asked me these questions. And then he asked me those two questions. And then what she asked me right out on the heels of those, which I didn't mention earlier, she goes, you know what? You really should read your Bible. There's a lot of good stuff in there. That's and awesome. I was like, 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> because I told him, I said, I have one, but I haven't read it in a long time. And so that's when she said that, right? So, so anyway, long story short, I get back home. Um, it's at the end of the week. Deer season's winding down for that week, right? And there's a buck hunter's ball. And the, the town, it's called the ball, right? So it's a dance and really it's a place where everybody just goes and gets drunk apparently. So it turns into the buck hunter's <laughs> brawl. Oh no. Right? Instead of a ball, it's a brawl. So uh, I get a call out of the blue again from my stepmom's mom who lives there in the Valley. She lives in South Carolina, but they're her whole family's out here. So I'm living with a family that I hardly know. And she calls me up and says, Hey Tim, I know you're probably going to the Buck Hunters Ball um, tonight. She goes, but there's a outreach going on at this church. Um, some skits from this, these these guys from Tennessee. I think it would be great for you to go. And I'm like, wow, that was weird. And so um, I just kind of started, you know, thinking about it a little bit. And she's like, I'm on my way to pick you up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I better get ready. <laughs> So, so what happened there at that, that thing is I just, it was skits and I just felt like God was saying, you know, as you know, just his spirit was saying, you know, um, that's you, that's you, Mm -hmm. that's you right there. We're talking about you right here, you know, and it's just the, (laughs) the sweet conviction, right? (laughs) It was the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit that was just drawing me in. Um, and, um, so then that, that's what did it was, you know, so I just rededicated my heart back to to God at that point, I started reading my Bible. Check this out. Um, and then we can kind of go whatever direction you'd like to go. But um, we, um, I went back and I started reading my Bible because, like I said, I do have my Bible. I just haven't read it in a while. I, I was think literally that's a up. common statement for a lot of people. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, probably got a lot of dust on it. Um, but um, so I was sitting there and I was doing my laundry, right? I'm, I'm, I'm 19 years old. Um, yeah, no, 18, 18, yeah, 18 years old, um, 18, doing my laundry and I'm folding my clothes and I hear, go read the Bible. I mean, like, just like that, go read the Bible. That's awesome. And I'm like, I mean, (laughs) listeners, you can't, you can't see me, but I'm like looking over my shoulder, like, okay, that was weird. And I start folding my clothes again and I go, I, I hear it again, go read your Bible. And I'm like, I get up, I open the door, and I look out my door, wow. I call down, hey, Sue, which was, um, you know, the family I was living with at the time. Um, Did you call me? Nope, nope. I'm like, okay. So I go back, and I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. Um, you know, growing up in the church, I knew, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, okay, I need to go read my Bible. But I'm like, I'm like, the whole thing? You know, like, what do I read? How do you even know what to read? Exactly. You know? And so I heard, no joke, I heard um, read Romans. And I'm like, okay. So I just flipped. I found Romans. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of chapters in Romans. Do I read them all? I mean, and I was so, I I just started with the table of contents. And as I started reading the table of contents, I was like, um, I, I said, um, all right, I got to uh, Romans 8, and it, I, and then I heard, I heard clear, read Romans 8. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So I, I went wow. and I started reading Romans 8, and we all know what Romans 8 is all about, right? It's like 
letting go of the sin behind us and pushing, you know, and so it was just like, really, it was just like, I just started bawling, like right there in my room. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was powerful. And so from there, um, I started attending a church there in the valley. And then um, a minister came into town literally about a month later or a few weeks later, just felt impressed that he was to mentor me. Um, He was there for like three days. Um, on the last day, he just told my pastors, he was like, hey, I, I feel like I'm supposed to mentor Tim and take him with me on the road, uh, you know. And so I went with him and we ended up in Portland, Oregon at a church, ministering at a church in Portland, Oregon. And that's where I met my wife. And wow. so, um, Dude, yeah, awesome. so yeah, that was December of 92. And he came and visited uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving. I went with him and we hit some stops all the way up to Portland, met my wife exchanged letters, moved out there, got married, um, had kids, you know, at 22 years of age. And um, I, I got married at 20. I know it's crazy and when you look back, you're like 20 years old. I didn't even 20. know what I was talking about or doing. That's crazy. <laughs> For me, I, I always wanted to have kids young because I wanted to be, I wanted to be, hey, look, I mean, I wanted to be young like I am right now. And my kids are grown and, and, and I, I now can go do and, and create what I feel like God has called me to create mm-hmm. and go do, right? And impact how, you know, and I've seen people who've had kids and this is no diss on them. It's like, hey, you do what you got to do, right? Or you do what you feel is right for you and your marriage and your whatever. But for me, it's like I wanted to have kids younger. I didn't want to be 50 years old and still have kids in a home, you know? And so, um, I, I, you know, so no joke, 43, man, all kids were done at 43. So <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Um, done meaning graduated out of high school. So, <laughs> so is that is, so basically while you had kids at home, you worked, uh, your marriage, you're doing all this stuff. And then did you kind of wait until after they had left the home and then you decided to kind of reevaluate your calling as it were? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I was always, um, you can ask my wife. Um, I was always reevaluating it. Um, always trying to find something new. I'm a, I don't know if any of you guys are Enneagrams out there. Um, but I'm a, um, an eight wing seven, um, eight is a challenger and a seven is just likes to, likes to change it up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I always was trying to find something different, trying to find something new. Um, you know, a little of that, ADHD, so to speak, right? Always yeah. onto something. One thing um, that I found fascinating, Tim, when you and I talked for is, is yeah, you shared uh, to me a common um, before we go on to the next point, kind of a common thing yeah. I think most guys struggle with, and that's that day to day. You're working, you're coming home, you're taking care of the wife, the kids. You're working, it's day and day, and then you're like, you because st- we were talking this, you start questioning yourself, like, what am I here for? What is my purpose? Yeah. Uh, speak yeah. to when you went through some of that stuff. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, man, that was, I, I was doing really good. I mean, in my career, I was uh, progressing along, um, making very decent money. And I say that because my wife was able to stay home as soon as we started having kids. And, you know, uh, kid one comes, um, she goes home. Uh, kid two comes, she's still at home. Kid three, um, she's still at home. I, she doesn't have to go back to work. So I say, you know, we were able, we were very blessed to be able to, um, for me to earn an income, to be able to have her stay home and be with the kids. But that that came with that 
that cost, right? That right. cost of that grind of going to work, you know, you being the sole proprietor for your family and pro- provider, I should say, you know, for your family. And, um, and so it does weigh on you. There was times when I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a very good career. Um, I'm working for a public agency. I've been there 10 years and I could literally retire there. I had tw- 10, 10 more years to go because the way it was set, the, the, the time frame that I came in on was um, my package to retire was 20 years. So at 20 wow. years of service, I could retire. And so I would have been retired by now, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I, I, but for me, it was like 10 years in and I'm like, I was feeling this struggle of like, is this really what I'm called to do? Right. And I, I just felt like if I didn't make a move, I was going to be stuck there, unhappy for a very long time. And I was already unhappy. So um, I, I made a very uh, bold move, very, very bold move. Did it work out? No. Um, but I made <laughs> a very bold move. I left that job. I left that career, really, after 10 years. And I went to work for a guy who was going to mentor me in his restaurant business. And I was there seven months and it failed, you know, so um, not the restaurant, but me, Um, just because it just wasn't the fit for me. And I took a $40,000 pay cut. Wow. But here, let me say this. And I think it was um, Pastor T.D. Jake said this, um, you know what, that person may not be the person that gets you where you need to be, but that might be the person that leads you to the person, right? Or it could be the thing that leads you to the thing. So don't despise the steps that you take to move forward. Don't despise Mm -hmm. that career change that you feel like you've got to make and it doesn't work out. Because let me tell you, that didn't work out. But what that did do is now I leave that and I go to the a private sector, having engineering in my background. Now I'll go to the private sector of engineering. And I just had a, a podcast interview is just released uh, this week. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, it's called the kale C A L E marker show um, where I talk a lot about my background. And um, I told him, I literally ran circles around the guy six months from when the date that I hired six months later, I was running circles around the guy that I started out as at that job. So my career progressed so much faster than I could ever imagine. Um, and six months after that even progressed even more and it continued to progress. And I think it was because not being afraid to continue to take steps, make bold moves, knowing that, you know, um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, right? That he has the best things in store for you, right? And I think plans to prosper you, for, not to bring you harm. You know, he's going to give you a hope and a future. And if you trust in the hope and the future, and, I, you know, Franny and I were just recording, you mentioned her earlier, and we were talking about the fear, and I call it the, the BS that we buy into. Totally. And we, yeah. we all, we all um, kind of probably everybody just heard like, oh, did he just drop BS on this podcast? Um, but the BS is the belief system, right? That we're buying into. Well, it's um, true so, because we're, we're afraid <laughs> of being a failure and we're afraid of making it's mistakes. It's the belief system. Exactly. And so we have to monitor the belief systems back to the soul. It's our mind, right? 
And totally. Our, and we get trapped in that. That's the, I think ah, we. So trapped. Exactly. So trapped. So trapped. So you have to, you have to take big, bold moves. And that's what inspired me to be a coach, um, to help people make those moves, to help them. Because we need um, people with those types of perspectives. And I've always had that perspective of, you know, as a coach, I look back over my life and I go, man, even in high school, we were, I was the coach on the cross country team. We didn't have a coach. We had a babysitter, right? A teacher that came out and sat in his car and all right, guys go. So we had to coach ourselves in, in my work, in my workforce, you know, my work days uh, in corporate, I would coach the people that I managed. I didn't manage them and their projects. I coached them through what they needed to do um, or where they should go in their career path and just helping them. And so looking back, it's like, that's what, when I got to a point where I'm like 2016, I'm going to fast forward real fast. Um, I did sales for four years. I was working for a sales company. I could see the writing on the wall. Sales company was moving from a physical product, a software product to cloud-based. Mm-hmm. Everybody would download it. So instead of buying this for, you know, this piece of product now for five or $10,000, it's now $2,500 flat. And I go, okay, wait a minute here. I'm commission-based. And if I sell that $10,000 price point versus a $2,500 price point, I see that I'm going to have to more than quadruple my sales, which I was already doing 3.1, 3, no, 3.5 million in sales on a $5,000 product. That's a lot of sales. Right. Um, I, I knew that I was going to have to sell a lot of product. Oh, to and even I'm like, come back to what you were doing before. To even compare. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. So again, pivot. I've got to pivot. I've got to transition. I've got to make a move here. So that's when I left and I went out on my own as an independent contractor. And See, and that's got to be terrifying too. Time. What's that? That's got to be terrifying too, going and starting out as Woo! an independent contractor all by yourself. And see, t- see, yeah. this is important. Well, everything you're saying is important because I think especially right now with all of the fear that is encompassing our country and people yeah. out of work, not knowing what to do, they're worrying about their paycheck, they're worrying about what they're going to, you know, and to hear somebody who's kind of gone through those and then like said, you knew the sales were dropping out, you were going to have to do something else. That's scary. That's terrifying. Yeah. But co- overcoming that fear is the hard part, the thing that you got to work on. Yeah. I'll say this too, is um, part of it was also having an ear on the company. So I was, I had um, direct line with the, uh, with the the president of the company because the VP, he was VP at the time when he hired me, he recruited me to come over and take over for him. And he's now the president and the, 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 he was driving the business into the ground Mm. and I could see it happening. And it was all derived around culture. We talked about that um, epigenetics earlier in our environment and culture. Same is true in the company, right? The, the, the companies have culture and it's intangible. A lot of, you know, there's things that you can't put your finger on that's driving the culture or driving the company into the ground. And I went through some, some culture training or, or organizational health and uh, culture with Dr. Sam Chand. Um, I've always been a big um, studier of leadership and then in t- 2010, I started studying culture and I could see it plain as day that this was what was happening in this company. And same is true. So like to, to the point of seeing, you know, the trends, seeing certain things, 
I mean, one, the Holy Spirit leads you right to all truth right, and guides you. So, but at the same time, I'm starting to see certain things starting to happen. And I'm like, I start to press on that. Like, Hey dude, you've got to pull up, you got to pull, pull the handles up on this plane because we're about to nosedive into the ground. Um, and it just wasn't happening. So I knew twofold one, this company's going into the ground. I'm unhappy here. And then another is sales are going to be drastically different one year from now if we don't do, if I don't do something different. So you have to kick fear in the mouth sometimes and go, and that's part of the face in the storm um, mantra that I have. And it's, it's oh, I just love that. Really talk about daily. that. Yeah. Talk about that, Tim facing the storm because all of us are facing our own storm. So, so talk about yeah. that. Yeah, let me, uh, yeah, I'll break the storm or the story down and then I'll break down what, to me, um, the storms that we could be facing. Cause you're right, we're all facing different storms. So, where I see, and you guys are out in Montana, you may have actually seen this. I don't know. I, I hear this is very prevalent in Colorado area because a cow and um, bison, buffalo, whatever you want to call it, I call it a buffalo, okay? American buffalo. Now we're in America. Anyway, um, so the American buffalo and the cow cohabitat in the same plains, right? Uh, and in northern California, or excuse me, Colorado area. What happens is the storms start to billow up over the top of the Rockies. The cows see the storm coming. The cow will turn east and try to run away from the storm, trying to avoid the storm, trying to get away from the storm as fast as it possibly can. But if you ever watched a cow run, not very fast, right? I mean, um, it, it, it's pretty ugly to watch them run. So anyway, the storm catches them because they're not fast. And now they're running with the storm that they're trying to avoid. And now they're increasing the amount of time, stress, frustration, and pain that they have to deal with that storm because they're running right along with that storm. Storm isn't going any faster than them, mm-hmm. right? The buffalo, on the other hand, sees the same storm coming. They face the storm. They run into the storm, charging the storm. And by doing so, the storm will cross over the top of them, decreasing the amount of time, stress, frustration, and pain that they have to deal with the exact same storm. We just came out of a major storm. We just came out of this whole COVID crud stuff, right? Everybody faced it differently. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Across Across the globe, Everybody faced it differently. But let's take it a little step further. What about the storm that's raging inside of you right now as a listener that you know deep down you need to have a conversation with your wife about something, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's a friend that's pissed you off and you're just, you're harboring that and you're not, you're not telling them, right? You're just trying to avoid them. And, or maybe you're a leader, in the organization. And here's the thing about this. So I saw this play out with leaders so, so much. Um, and I always tried to encourage as a leader, always tried to encourage other leaders. It's like, when you don't deal with something, number one, you're setting culture. You're teaching people how to react, right? You're setting culture by doing that. Number two is you're not facing the storm. You are avoiding the storm by having the conversation and dealing with them. Because here's what happens. You're not only increasing the amount of time, stress, frustration that that individual has to deal with it. The entire team, the entire department, sometimes the entire company knows that you're not facing it, knows that you're not taking care of that situation. And so now you're setting culture for everyone, but also you're increasing the amount of time, you're increasing the amount of stress, 
you're increasing the amount of frustration mm -hmm. that they have to deal with that storm and they didn't even create that storm. And so, so as good. a leader, we have to step up. We have to start showing up, really, right? We have to start showing up the way we're called to show up <laughs> and handle things the way we're supposed to. As a man, this is a man show, so we can talk freely as men. That's right. Men, it's time we start showing up and start stepping up. Because I, I looked, you know, you back to your original question way at the very beginning, like, where was this shift? I looked back and I go, hey, I'm a dad whose kids are graduated high school and now I can do whatever I want to do. What do I want to do? Mm -hmm. Right. But then I also had to look back and go, but how was I as a dad? You know, how was I as a husband? And I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like who I was as a man. And so I started listening to um, podcasts on specific talks about men. And, I, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to drop a few real quick. Um, um, but um, definitely continue to listen to this podcast just because I mentioned another <laughs> one. Don't go listen to it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, Keep awesome. this one on subscribe. Um, but The Order of Man, um, Ryan Mickler, was one of the, the big ones. Um, the other one was the art of manliness. And those two um, were really big um, because they, you want to talk about men and challenging you as a man. Um, number one, eight as an Enneagram, I'm going to challenge you. Um, you might not like it, too bad, right? But we need it. Uh, that's the thing about the storm, the adversity, right? It's the furnace of adversity. The more adversity we go through, the sharper we get, the better we are. James 1, 2 through 4, right? Counted all joy. When, a testing or when there's testing or trials come our way, right? Knowing that our faith is being tested, right? And that through it, our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, it says we will be perfect and complete, right? We will be lacking nothing. No, that's, that's so, the thing that's impacting our culture in such a negative way right now is nobody, everybody's afraid of confrontation. Like they don't want to be criticized. Ah. They don't want to be judged because they're so sensitive and the thing is, yeah. we're not pushing anybody to be better. And, and I'm referring to men stepping up, showing up, yeah. doing your best as far as being a man. It's okay to have somebody speak into your life to critique you, to challenge you, to push you. Because if you don't, you're never going to grow. Yeah, exactly. I'm reading a book right now. Listen, so I started that journey. Um, 2016 is when I started that journey. Like, who am I as a man? Right? My kids are, my, my, all my kids have graduated now. Um, who am I as a man? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? Getting clarity. Yeah, right, what's on my that. purpose? What am I supposed to be what's doing? What's my purpose? And I'll throw this out there. There's four areas you need to get clarity on, right? So this is the number one habit, number one habit of all high performers. High performers are people who have reached a high level and they stay there. It's not this peak performance. It's high performance. And there's only like less than 1% that are like those guys, right? But here's the one number one habit, and I'll drop out the four things that they do in clarity. Number one, they get clarity on self, who they are, who do they want to become, like 5, 10, 15, even 20 years down the road, seeing it clearly. I, I do this when I coach, like helping people, like visualize who do you want to become, not only just seeing it, but feeling it. Now start to emotionalize with that that person. See yourself as the dad that you want to be. See yourself as the husband. See yourself as that that entrepreneur, that business owner, or that leader, or that coworker, whatever it is. Feel what does that feel like to be that man, 
right? I mean, it feels awesome. It feels good. They're strong. The vitality in their bones. There's joy. There's, you know, zeal for life. Feel those emotions, right? Now back that up and start putting a plan together to, to live out that way. And then the next is um, service, or excuse me, social. How do you want to be seen in the world? Or how do you want the world to see you and receive you as a man when you come into the room, right? Um, how do you want them to see you, sir? So, oh, that's so social, true, even with how you carry yeah. yourself. That's one thing I've yeah. noticed. Like, if you walk into a room and your head's down and you look a little disheveled, people aren't going to take you seriously. It's just the way it is. It comes back to that yeah. judgment thing. But if you and, and it's not in an egotistical way, right? It's, it's it's a knowing like, hey, this is how I want people to treat me. This is how I want exactly. to be. Like, I did this on a call, and uh, I have accountability calls with some guys, and I flat out called them out, and I said, "Listen, guys, I need this here. I need you to call me out on on stuff. And if you're not the guys to do that, that's fine. I'm cool with that. I'll go find somebody that is, right? Because I need that. I need that. I, listen." Iron sharpens iron is thrown around so easily, but what happens when iron is sharpening iron? There's such friction, man. Can you imagine if they had emotions and feelings underneath there, like nerve endings, <laughs> how that grinding would hurt and feel? I mean, that's, that's kind of painful. Yeah. Um, it's very painful, uh, but it, it's and what's required. And chips are flying off, sparks are flying. I mean, it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, and I'll, go, I'll go on a tangent real fast. Iron, number one, iron left to itself, to the elements. We talked about environment and elements earlier already in the podcast. Um, iron left to itself begins the corrosion process, yep. right? Yep. What, happens, what happens when it starts to flake up, right? Now oxygen and air and elements get underneath there. Uh, rust, that rust process starts to happen, and it gets more flaky and flaky and flaky. How many of us know other guys that are just super flaky? Exactly. I love it, dude. That's a great analogy. And the longer you're left to yourself, you start becoming a part of the environment. You start breaking down and becoming a part of the ground, the soil. So real quick, the last two is skills, knowing the skills that you need to acquire to become that person, right? And then then number four, your service to the world. I love Get it. clear on what your service is for to the world, which is your purpose, right? What's your purpose? What does God have for you? Exactly. So let me ask you this, Tim. Why is it important? Why is it why important is- for a man to step up and, let's say, be the man that God wants him to be in his home, be the man that God wants to be at his job? Why is that important? Why, is, why, why can't we just play video games all day long and not worry about being what we're supposed to be? Well, what, you what, does do that that. Do what does that do to us? What does that do? But you, you, it, well, it it makes you very weak. Number one, um, it makes us weak, and I feel like the reason why we don't face enough of our storms, the reason why we don't have tough conversations, is because we're avoiding some of the just the mundane things of life, right? We're we're avoiding just the. Ri- okay, can I get real? Get real. Um, so. <laughs> Um, my mentors are as a man, um, I mentioned a couple like those podcasts. Those aren't like my mentors. Um, you want to talk about godly mentors, um, Dr. Ed Cole, who has since passed, but he's left amazing books like this one that I'm reading right now called real man. Um, Dr. Ed Cole, his son, Paul Cole has picked up the charge with uh, Christian, Christian men's network, CMN. 
they have global stuff going on all over the world. Um, but uh, he has amazing books. Those guys taught me this. Dr. Ed Cole says, maturity does not come with age. Maturity does not come with, you know, your position in your company or anything like that. It doesn't come with marriage. doesn't come with you being a dad. Yep. Maturity doesn't come from any of those. Maturity comes from the acceptance of responsibility. Mm. And so if you're sitting down playing video games, if you're not taking your your marriage seriously, if you're not taking your kids seriously, if you're not taking your life seriously and you're just going through the motions, you're on autopilot, you are not taking responsibility. And this is what I say. Responsibility is this. Responsibility is the ability to respond. That's, that's all responsibility that. is. It's that's the awesome. ability to respond to something. So listen, if you, so I challenge guys, I go, listen, if you have the ability to respond to something, it is your responsibility. Oh, that's awesome. And by you choosing not to do that, you're choosing to be immature in that area of your life. I'm not saying you're immature completely, just in those areas of your life that we, we fail or we choose not to um, take that responsibility on. We are actually choosing to be immature in those areas. It's like my, my, my mentor, Jim Rohn, always said, is like, I, we, we, we have these, I should do this, I could do this, but I just won't do this, mm. right? Could, should, won't. Could, should, won't is really an immaturity, is a maturity thing, right? Could, should, do is someone taking that responsibility and doing what they know they should be doing. So they're taking on that responsibility, choosing to be responsible with that action versus should, could, won't is now saying, I just won't do this. I'm just, I'm just one, it's rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, and two, you're just choosing to be immature. Yeah, that's awesome. So I love that. So let's take a, a quick step back real quick. Yeah. Um, so what? I hope I'm not scaring anybody right now. No, this is this is good stuff, dude. So what? So fun, really? What, so your kids are growing up. You're out of the house. Yes. They're out of the house. You're evaluating your life. All right, what next? What's next step? Is that what led into you? Like, I want to encourage other men. I want to start this podcast. What led you to start this podcast and start this ministry you got yeah. going on? Great question. Um, thank you for, for um, dialing it back in like a perfect host. Um, <laughs> I, I, as a host, I recognize it, so it's all good. Um, I, yeah, so it's been in my heart to do this for a long time, and people have said, dude, you've got so much in you. You need to, you need to have a podcast. And, um, you know, that imposter syndrome, man, that, 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 um, and if you're not familiar with the imposter syndrome is for the listeners, it's, it's really looking at ourselves of like, who am I to do this? Who would really want to listen to me? Oh, I struggle with that all the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we all do. Yeah. We all do. Right. And it's, it's, it's shoving that stuff down. And, and I say, um, that's taking every thought captive. We have to be mindful of what we're thinking about. Dr. Um, Carolyn Leaf says this, um, you have to be thinking about what you think. She's a neuroscientist, by the way, um, a, a, a believer. So she's a Christian neuroscientist, if you can believe that. Um, so she says, we have to be um, thinking about what we think about every 10 seconds. And if you look at that in the words in the word perspective, the Bible, it's 
taking every thought captive, right? And bringing them yeah. under submission. And so um, I had to take a lot of thoughts captive and say, no, I'm, I, I'm not good enough. No, I am. You know, I am good enough through, through Christ. I am good enough. I can. Oh, I, love that. I do have value. Exactly. I do have value. So, so that's what led to me. Actually, what led to it was having surrounded myself with good other men who says, dude, you've got to do this like now, because he was like, one of them, I I shared that Buffalo story and they were like, this was right at the beginning of the COVID crud. And he was like, dude, you've got to, you've got to be shouting this thing from the rooftops. And so it took me till June, (laughs) but, um, I still, I, and what, what it did was I was, I had another phone call with another guy that I'd met on Instagram. The power of social media is, 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 this year for me has been huge. I met this guy, third conversation with him on the phone and he's calling me out on stuff. And I've had, I've had guys that I've had in my circle for years that don't call me out on Jack and third conversation with him. And he's calling me out on stuff. He was like, I don't think that you really truly believe that you're, you know, a good enough coach. And I think you're, you know, you're stuck on this imposter thing. I mean, just throwing it out. I'm like, at first I was like, crap, you don't even know me. (laughs) And and then I was like, oh, but he's right. And here's, I'll just, man, I just feel like this. That's awesome. I just, I just feel this. Listen, most of us, and this was me, and maybe this is why I'm saying it. Maybe this doesn't relate to anyone else. But for me, I was trying to get my validation and my credits from everybody around me, closest to me, Mm. family, closest friends. And he said, listen, Jesus didn't even, wasn't even welcomed in his own hometown. Jesus couldn't even do, you know, the work in his own hometown. He was rejected. So it's like, who are you to think that you're better yeah. than Jesus to get the, to get the feedback and the accolades from your own closest people. Right. That's awesome. So I was like, Oh, that's good. So he's the one who challenged me and says, look, I'll give you two weeks. And I want a podcast lo- uh, launched two weeks. Um, and I'm like, okay, so I didn't launch it in two weeks. Um, so you could say, well, you failed. No, but what I did do is I had 10 interviews set up at the end of that second week. Oh, that's awesome. And so I had already started interviewing. And so I told him, I'm like, look, I don't have it launched yet. There's a lot that goes on to launching it. <laughs> you know, he, he's not a podcaster. He didn't know. He just was calling me out, right. which I really appreciate. And I told him that. Dude, I really, really, really appreciate you calling me out on it. And we still meet weekly today. So well, that's um, awesome. you meet people in your life like that. So that's what sparked yeah. it. The let me uh, just the inspiration behind it was to inspire people. It is the inspired way. Um, I really truly believe that we are designed, crafted in his image to go into the storm. I mean, <laughs> Jesus told the disciples to go to the other storm, knowing the to the other side, knowing that the storm was coming. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. He didn't say wait until tomorrow, until after the storm passes, go now into the storm. He knew that the storm was coming. Uh, Number two, it's like the other thing that that really tells me that is when we are weak, that's when He is strong. Yep. Right. So, and if we are to completely put our reliance on Him and our complete reliance on our on his ability through us how can we do that when we're running from things when we're avoiding things when we're sitting on the couch playing video games eating bonbons or netflixing out 
Dude, that's you so know? good. It's so good because we have to. It's those thoughts. It's that mental battle, of, of that you have to, say I've got to view myself the way God views me, not how I view myself. Yeah, D- daily, constantly, and sometimes all that the may time. be all the time. That may be. And here's the deal. I'll throw this out there. Uh, I started through that journey, 2016, 2017, on this journey of becoming who do I want to become. I said, let's go back to school. So I went back to I listened to podcasts, read books, listened to ebooks, or excuse me, listened to audio books. I went through so much uh, material between these two years of um, uh, 2017, 2018, and into 2019. It was just mind blowing the the amount of data that I was putting in. But um, and I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> what was I talking about right before that? No, sorry. No, no, that was great. You're talking about putting forth uh, the best effort, capturing your thoughts, and then not putting yourself, not viewing yourself the way you view yourself. That's it. So thank you. Um, I was viewing myself a certain way, but as I started to put, that's where it was. That Now I know where I was going. As I started to put that information in, information is no good if you don't start applying it and don't start um, making pr- a practice of it. So self-awareness was a big buzzword back in 2017 and still kind of today, but self-awareness is nothing more than you practicing taking every thought captive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really what that is. And understanding like, why does that make me feel that way? Why did that, when my wife said that, why did that hurt? Why did that, why did I get angry? What was it about that? There's many times I found in me, it was because of undealt things inside of me exactly. that I knew that I needed to deal with that I wasn't dealing with. And so it brought it to the surface saying, oh, you really need to deal with this now. So that was my point was all of that is good, and it's, but it's a practice. It's a daily practice. It's almost a moment-by-moment moment practice that you have to do. Oh, totally. Totally agree. So, Tim, let me ask you yeah. this, too. Is, yeah. If... Uh, if people, so you started your podcast and you yep. kind of started this ministry online where people can actually get a hold of you and they can call you and you can coach them and talk to them. And uh, tell me about that part of it. And then how, tell me how do people get a hold of you and how do people get contact for this coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Appreciate that. Um, so, uh, real quick, and what I'm doing with the podcast, um, that's just one form. Um, I'm actually, as I mentioned earlier, putting together a challenge here pretty soon. Um, I don't know when this will be released. It may already be out, but still still tune in to the world because I'll probably do more of these. It's called Soul Training One-on-One, um, where we're going to go kind of high surface level about what are the things that we need to do to, to replenish our soul, to nourish our soul. Um, and then there's going to be a deeper dive course that I do where I take a group through, uh, group coaching um, and a course. And then our, my retreat. So I just had a Buffalo retreat here recently. Um, and it is just putting people through these tough challenges out in the wilderness. Number one, um, on strenuous hikes that are challenging but doable, um, but put you into some uncomfortable, you know, uh, environments, right? A lot of people are uncomfortable in the woods, They're, you know, or, you know, crossing a river, you know, on a, on a, uh, a, a cable that's the size of your pinky or something, you know, it's like, um, or, you know, seeing wildlife run in front of you, like wild boar or rattlesnakes or things like that, you know, um, it's a safe environment, trust me. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you're not going to die if you go on one of these retreats, dude, you got to come out. It's going to be awesome. So right. that sounds great. Um, 
So, but putting them through those, those environmental changes and physical changes. So now we have to start working on the mind. We have to be mindful of what's my thinking when it gets tough. You know, am I, am I challenging myself? Am I like, okay, I got this. I can do this. Or am I like wanting to quit? You know, because I guarantee you, you go through some of these, you'll get to the other side and you'll be like, wow, I did these guys. That was their, that was their takeaway. They're like, I can't believe I just did that. And part of it was they got to it and they were like, they looked at me with literally, I kid you not, fear in their face, yeah. fear on their, I mean, it was all over them. They're like, okay, this is outside my comfort zone. This is way outside my comfort zone. And I'm right. like, dude, you got this. Yeah. One foot in front of the other. That's it. Mm-hmm. One foot in front of right. the other. Focus on the present moment. The present moment means all I got to do is lift up my right foot, put my right foot down. <laughs> Ooh, hey, I'm safe. Pick up my left foot, put my left foot down, and I'm still safe. That's all right. right? That's it. Just being present in the moment. And that's part of that soul training. So we go deep into that. So that's what I'm working on. Where can you find me? You can find me on my, uh, well, any of the social sites, uh, Instagram, Tim Douglas inspires, um, on Facebook. It's just the URL, facebook.com forward slash Tim dot Douglas dot inspire. And then, um, uh, my website, Tim Douglas inspires.com, um, is, uh, is out there. You can definitely find me there or the inspired way, which is on all of your favorite, uh, podcasting, uh, broadcast stations out there. Um, Apple, Spotify, all those good locations. So, and, uh, on, on your website too, you, you also offer coaching. So people, yes. And that coaching is awesome. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple of, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fine tuning some of those. Um, I do some like, I, I have like life coaching, which really like personal development coaching. Um, Jim Rohn was a big mentor of mine. Um, uh, Brendan Burchard is my coach. Um, so if you're ever familiar with those, that's what, that's the taste and the flavor of what you're going to get. But if from a biblical span as well, you know, and so um, I do personal development because that's what I went through. It's like we have to develop ourselves daily. We have to develop ourselves constantly. And a coach isn't an expert in you. It's just a different perspective. I bring a different perspective that helps you see things slightly different than where you're seeing it. Because a lot of times when we're in the trenches, when we're in the funk, we just feel like this is all it is, right? Mm -hmm. So, but also mindset training and coaching. I do a lot of that. Um, uh, mindset is huge. I've done a lot of studies, um, on, you know, neuroscience, neuroplasticity, um, positive psychology. Um, and we mentioned it earlier, epigenetics and how that all plays in, but then also NLP, some things like that, that really help us, um, through developing the mind and getting the mind on, on course where it really needs to be so that we are performing at a high level in all of our lives. Because if you're performing at work and you're not performing at home, you're not a success. That's right. Right. Um, and then we, I do also offer career coaching. If someone's looking to develop or kind of project in their career, um, I not even by choice, a lot of times was a leader in companies and asked to be a part of the leadership team or even take ownership in companies. Um, and it was just by showing up. It was just by doing what I was called to do um, and doing it well. And so I also have some coaching for that. If you're struggling in your business, struggling in your, your you're an employee um, and you just want to be a better employee, I have even steps on how to get a promotion, right? How to help you awesome. um, become the best employee and get a promotion. And I'll drop this. I went, I went to work for this one company 
I, I applied for a position, went in and interviewed, um, and they got done with the interview, called me back, and they said, you know what, after the interview, we felt like you were um, definitely overqualified for the position that you applied for, so we're going to offer you this position. I was like, cool, okay. Um, I got that job. This was the company I was telling you about where I ran circles around myself in six months. Three months after that, they bumped me to another position. Three months after that, so I'm six months into this job, they promote me to a senior level position in the company. Six months later, my one-year review, I got another promotion in that company. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, year, a year later, wow. another promotion. And so um, going from you know either whether it's that company or from to a different company, going in and getting promoted from you know one level to the next level to the next level, not trying not trying to do that, just doing what I am called to do um, in the guidelines of what they, they ask of me and above and beyond, right? So um, not trying to do that, but just there is a method to that. So I can help, you know, walk people through that. Yes, and if you want to schedule something, timdouglasinspires.com forward slash schedule now. Um, that there's a coaching, one-on-one coaching, there's a discovery call, and then there's also a link for my podcast uh, to schedule an interview, but, um, I'd prefer we do a, a discovery call first. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to love to help people love to serve people. You asked me earlier, what inspires me to do that? I just feel like, listen, inspiration, the word inspire, please go back and listen to my podcast. Um, it was just released. I go through the process of crystallization and man, it's so true where we are today because we get revelation, which is the word of God, right? It's that, that knowledge, that illumination of what God's word is in our life. And so it's that revelation, that rhema uh, word in our life. And then that turns into inspiration. Inspiration is, if you look at the definition, there's a couple of definitions down. It says divine breath or d- divine breath into, breathed into. So I consider like if I stay live a life of inspiration, I'm living a life of consistently div- God's divine breath breathing into me, and now it's flowing out into others. Oh, that's awesome! And I so love that. Um, that is what um, I feel called to do: is to stay inspired to inspire. And so my goal is to inspire and empower, um, because inspiration is great, right? But if you don't feel empowered to do anything, you're not going to do it. So the empowerment comes with the tools and the skills back to self, you know, the clarity and the skills, because if you don't have the skills, you're not going to take the action. So that's part of that empowerment piece is to empower you and then motivate you to get going. <laughs> so I love it, Tim. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, we're, I'm going to wrap it up. But yeah. we, you got to come back, dude. We got to I want to talk to you about the importance of mentoring. And uh, yes. ha- having a mentor. Mm-hmm. So we got to have you back and talk to Definitely. them about that. But I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast, being here with the DC Experiment. Yeah. And uh, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Dennis, it. Caleb, thank you so much for the opportunity. And just to the listeners real quick who are listening, listen, man, you guys got it. You know, a lot of times we ask the question, do I have what it takes? Do I have enough? And you do have enough. You do have what it takes. It just takes a little bit of effort. A little bit of effort goes a long, long ways. And so um, you are called to charge the storm, face the storm, go into it. So um, if you need somebody to do it with you, 
let me know. I'm, I'm happy to hear you. Just no, just a free call, you know, schedule that discovery call with me and, uh, or email me, Tim at Tim And I'll be happy to just hear you and point you and give you some resources. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. You bet. Wow. That was a really good interview. Yeah. I, you know what, for, and I, and I want to say, Thank you, Tim. Yes, absolutely. That was really great. For taking the time and to talk with us. Yep. I feel super privileged to do that. And every time I talk with you, Tim, it does actually motivate and inspire me. And I like that we just kind of go back and forth with each other. And like you're picking up on stuff from me. I'm picking up stuff. I love that. It's great to be back in the studio with you again, Caleb, because, you know, when we did this interview, I was in, I was in, where was I? I was in Ohio. Yeah, I think so you I was were on in. Zoom too. So I know coming back into the studio, getting me, getting my voice back in here is nice. Um, hey, if you folks are interested in seeing more and listening to Tim some more, you can go to his website, which is timdouglasinspires.com, or you can listen to his podcast called The Inspired Way on Apple Podcasts or on other platforms as well. So, um, yeah, we just want to appreciate Tim uh, pass his stuff around because he's got some great things to say and hopefully you guys got some really great info and some motivation and inspiration from it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so uh, check out his podcast, but also rate us and rank us. Yeah, if you like what we did there. Yeah, on our podcast too. So more people can discover all of us and we can start kind of encouraging each other and helping all of each other out. Yep. All right, you guys. Have a good week. Yeah, take care. We'll see you Wednesday or whenever you listen again. The DC Experiment.